This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. We're back after an unbelievable sports weekend. Gordon and I will tackle it, and we have a guest, too, on ESPN New York Tonight. Love to hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via X, formerly Twitter, at Gordon Damer, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY. 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Harvey and Joe, we ride until midnight on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon Damer, how are you? Larry Hardesty, good to be back with you tonight, my friend. It's good to be back with you as well. I, I caught a little I caught a little Gordon solo on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Nice job as always. You Thank know, you. You continue to bring people together. It's just amazing. I, that's, what I, that's what I'm about, Larry. I'm about <laughs> uh, bringing the two sides to the table and yes. walking away with common ground. And you do a great job of it, my friend. Mm-hmm. Great job. Weekend was good. Family's okay. Yeah, I, I mean, the weekend for me it was great. Fantastic. Uh, we got Jason yes, Dominguez going down. We got the Yankees oh, winning God. games. It was oh. terrible, but I guess uh, I, I guess I'm in no position to be complaining, considering the state of New York sports right now. Especially your football team. No, you can't yeah, complain that, that, about wor- that worked whatsoever. out. Yeah, that worked out. Yeah, whatsoever. All right, my friend, let's go to work. We got the top stories for this Tuesday night here on ESPN New York tonight. Of course, our top story, well, what can you say? Worst case scenario for the Jets and their fans. Aaron Rodgers suffered a torn Achilles after just four plays. He is done for the season. Gordon, all the time we kept saying it had to work. It just has to work. It just has to work. I mean, I never saw a momentum shift like that in a long time. Larry, uh, I don't know if we've been working long enough together for you to know this about me, but I do not believe in curses or hexes or mystical powers or anything like that. And I feel like if we were in sports court, I could, as the prosecution, lay out a reasonable case with evidence and rational thought for why those things don't exist. The problem is the defense team would simply present the Jets. Yep. And that's the reason why hexes and curses do exist. It's unbelievable that this could happen to the same organization twice. And not it happened in 1950. No, it happened within my lifetime. Yep. It's absolutely incredible. With the, with the guy who it happened to being on the field that n- last night as well. The Jets are like a long-running TV show that's been on the air for so long, they're repeating storylines. Like, wait a sec, the quarterback yeah. is out with an Achilles injury? I saw that in Season 5. Exactly. It's incredible. It is inc- incredible. What are the quarterback options for the Jets? Rich Amini will join us at 930. We'll tackle that. Gordon, Giants are looking for answers following the home opener. I'm not even going to get into the score or anything else. I'll just say looking for answers following the home opener. As they prepare for Arizona Sunday and then San Francisco on the road, they've got two games. All of a sudden, Gordon, can you believe this? Arizona must win? You could make a serious case, Larry, that even with the Jets losing Aaron Rodgers and the first series, that the Giants had a more concerning weekend, given the way they played against the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, wow, that was just – now they had – it felt like anything that could go wrong would go did go wrong. And you talk about the difference between a year. Week one, a year ago, the Giants get that win against the Texans, the coach, the team is running off the field. They're excited. They're happy. And it kind of felt like that set them up, at least early on, for a successful season. One year later, they had, out of all the bad performances you saw week one, it was clear. Who had the worst performance? It was the Giants, and you just have to hope 
that that is not a sign of things to come for them this year. No question about it. Baseball-wise, Gordon Damer, the wedding happened. Nobody said anything. The wedding happened. The Mets get their man, David Stearns, the new president of baseball operations after a three-year courting, after a three-year courtship. <laughs> it was a very long engagement. Usually when people are engaged for that long, Larry, the wedding does not work out. So let's hope for David Stearns. Let's hope for Met fans' sake that it does work out. But he's, uh, he's got a lot of things to work on. Uh, he's going to have to get to work here. Yes, he does. No question about that. And our last story we'll be talking about tonight, Gordon, and you alluded to it. I, don't, I just don't understand it. Yankee injury questions continue. First, it was the veteran players during the season. Now, the young players come up. They just got here, Gordon. They either have to sit out or land on the IL. The Jason Dominguez, my elbow was barking since I was in Houston, and they didn't find out until this weekend. Gordon, that's got to change. That's got to change. It's like that uh, clip from the NFL. What the heck are we doing out there? You have to wonder what the heck are they doing within that organization? Here is the prized uh, crown jewel of the system. He comes up and he's got an injury for an organization. You would think after a while they would know how to deal with these things. It would become second nature on how to deal with these things, but not the case. And now Jason Dominguez, the one, one of the few things still left to watch this season regarding the New York Yankees is gone for at least a good part of next season as well. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it really is. Those are our top stories for this Tuesday night on ESPN New York tonight here. Uh, you can say that for the Jets, for the Giants, for the Mets, for the Yankees. You can say that for everybody, Gordon. It was just, I mean, I, I've i covered the Jets for a long time, Gordon. Yeah. I've seen a lot of things. Uh-huh. I've seen a lot of things. And to watch that happen so quickly last night was stunning. It, it was I, I was sitting there with my mouth open. I, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't. Then, you know. You figure, okay, now Buffalo's just going to steamroll them. Gordon, we've talked about it. We've mentioned it. Uh, Josh Allen's got some issues. For him to, in that situation, because you want to, you know, uh, pacify your diva-wide receiver and Stephon Diggs, so you just throw the ball all over the yard, three touchdowns and a fumble, and Gordon, it happened to him last. Even he was upset about it. He said, well, I won't say exactly what he said. I'll just paraphrase for him and just say, you know, same place, same situation. I mean, how you didn't have to do anything, Gordon. The situation really demoralized this Jet team. When Rodgers went out, Salah looked like he was stunned. He looked like he'd been, he'd been punched in the mouth and he didn't know where it came from. And Buffalo's got, I'm, I'm saying this, and they, listen, they could rebound. They could go on to win their next 15 games. They could be 15-2, and two, Gordon. Josh Allen's got some issues, and they're going to have to deal with it. Yeah, and it, it really kind of feels like that since Brian Dable left Buffalo, uh, Josh Allen has become Daniel Jones. He's just a turnover machine making decisions. Is there nobody within the organization telling him, dude, what are you doing what are you doing? It's like a child who has no nobody there to discipline them. Mm-hmm. Like you, you make one mistake, that's one thing. This has been a repeated theme. I think since 2018, no player in the NFL has more turnovers than him. Yeah. And he went through a stage like this. They dialed it back. They got him to where he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league and is a total weapon. And I don't know if part of it is that he feels like he is 
They don't really have much of a running game. They have digs, and they have some other weapons that can be dangerous at times, but nothing that you would look at and say, boy, they have this weapon and that way. It's not... It's not um, it's not one of these high-powered offenses that you're like, oh, man, they have so many different mm-hmm. uh, options to go to. So maybe he feels like he has to do too much. But, yeah, that's a, that's a major issue for Buffalo uh, and one that they've been dealing with here for like the last year or so, and it doesn't seem like they have a handle on it. And he almost single-handedly lost that game for him uh, last night. In terms of the, the, the Rodgers thing, it would be unbelievable for that to happen to any organization, to have an entire offseason where you are the story because you bring in the four-time MVP. And for him to go down uh, in the first series of the game in a season where the, the expectations are possibly Super Bowl, that would be incredible. It's already happened to the Jets once before. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it happened in the same way. Yeah. Basically, the, the first, I don't think it was the first drive of the game then. Mm-hmm. I think they had already scored once before. But first quarter of a game, super high expectations, and the quarterback goes down with the exact same injury, Larry. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But I will say this. If I told you that an organization was going to have that happen to them twice, you would think it would be the Jets. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It is. It really is. It's, just, it's, it's so unfortunate. And... You know, I was listening to uh, Gary Wilson when he was on with uh, Barton Hahn earlier today. And just to hear him say, I saw Aaron Rodgers afterwards and he looked at me and he said, I'm sorry, kid. And just to hear his voice with it, Gordon, and to understand what impact that Aaron Rodgers has had on this team. And Gordon will still have to have on this team because he's still going to have to be Zach Wilson's whisperer for as long as he's there, whatever the Jets decide to do, whether they they have to bring in another quarterback because, I mean, Wilson has not played a full season in his career. So there's the likelihood, unfortunately, you know, you have to prepare that he could get hurt. So you still need somebody to back to, to back Wilson up that's a legitimate quarterback. Uh, so, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still going to have a meaningful, uh, meaningful impact on this roster. Now, I will say this. I would not want to be a member of the Jets offensive line going into Dallas after having watched the video of what Dallas was able to do with multiple blitzes and different schemes and different things where they just, I mean, they just really, they, they, they confused the Giants offensive line that you couldn't even, you couldn't even pick up the right coverage because they had so many people coming from so many different ways. It's, this is, this is a nightmare scenario for the Jets on the road in Dallas on Sunday. Well, we said before the season that the Jets had essentially outsourced their offense to Aaron Rodgers. They brought him in. He was their best option. They decided to go with him, and um, it could not have gone worse. Uh, it's, uh, It's devastating for him. It's devastating for the sport. It's devastating for the Jets. It's just, uh, it's just an absolute gut punch. So how they pick up the pieces, we will know, right? Like the Jets now have a plan. We are going with Zach Wilson. We're going to ride with Zach Wilson. And here's the thing. There were a lot of positives. I know it sounds crazy to say mm-hmm. with the, the, all these gut punches, but there were a lot of positives to come out of that game on Monday night. Not just yeah. the win. The right. win is incredible. And yeah. the moments in that win were incredible. But the defense, it's only one game. Right. And week one, we do overreact sometimes. The defense carried the weight. I mean, they did the job in that second half. It took them, I think, a little while to, to recover mm-hmm. from the gut punch. 
which yep. is understandable. But the defense looked great. Brees Hall, I wonder how he's going to go. Is he at 50%, 70%? He looked like he was at 110%. He was yeah. absolutely sensational. Garrett Wilson, with a catch you will be seeing for mm-hmm. years. That catch yeah. was absolutely incredible. So they had a lot of positives going. And it just kind of circles back to the fact of, man, it, it, if they had just had Rodgers mm-hmm. at – at good, not even great Rodgers, just good yeah. Rodgers with all this other talent around them, this thing could have really fired well. So now it's about Zach Wilson. That's the plan that they have put forth. And we're going to know, Larry, if it's going to work right away. Cowboys, yeah, we'll Patriots, out. Chiefs. Yeah. Good yep. luck. Good luck. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Rich Samini will join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll discuss the mood of that Jet team, how quickly they have to get over it, Gordon, and be prepared for a very talented, very talented Dallas Cowboys team, defensively, especially offensively. You know what, Gordon? The Jets play their cards, right? They might get some turnovers like they did on Monday night from uh, Josh Allen from this Dak Prescott. That's what they got to hope for, right? I mean, yeah. the defense certainly uh, – if the defense did not play at that level and, – and look, uh, the, the conversation before the season was about where this giant this jet defense is going to measure, measure up. Is it the 85 Bears at the 2,000 Ravens? Mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody would write home about either of those quarterbacks. Now, Zach Wilson's got a lot to prove, mm-hmm. but – I think that first it comes with showing that they can win game consistently, not because of Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. but with Zach Wilson. Right, right. I smell uh, a lot of ground and pound again, Gordon. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, with, with two running backs as talented as they have, uh, you know, try to run it as best you can. Give it another couple of put extra tight ends in if you have to. Another lineman. I don't care what you have to do. You're going to have people in the box. You're going to have to try to punish them. And then, you know what? Take your shots. You know, you've got, you've got running backs out of the backfield. You've got tight ends. You've got Gary Wilson on occasion is going to be open. Lazard made a, made a really big play on third down last night. Uh, you know, maybe you can hit him. So these are the ways that the Jets are going to have. The, the optimum word for Zach Wilson now is patience. You have to have patience. You are now a game manager, and we will allow you to make take a couple of shots, and you better make them. Otherwise, we're going to take them back. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that if Zach Wilson cannot succeed, whatever success is considered at this point, with this group, he can't succeed. Right. It's true. Uh, you can't have a more talent – I mean, maybe there's a more talented defense in the NFL, but this is looks like it's going to be one of the best defenses in the sport. Mm-hmm. They have uh, an incredible running game with Brees Hall which they're going to have to manage him because I don't know how many ca- – I think they're going to have to work him in. They're not going to be able mm-hmm. to just you know hand the ball off to him 30 times. But still, they have a two-headed monster in the backfield. They have some some decent receivers that you saw. Uh, so it's it's about – again, I think if he can't win – I don't know how long his career is going to be, but if he can't win with this, then he can't win. Dave's in the car. Dave, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, hey, thanks, guys. Look, I just want to make a couple of points and get some feedback. I think clearly what you see, the difference between the Jets and the Giants, the Jets have a culture. Um, They have 
also a lot more big playmakers. And even the guy from the Chiefs they got didn't play last night. I think the Jets are going to be fine. And I think I think, uh, I think think anyone who goes to sleep on them in the AFC is going to be in for a rude awakening. Now, when you look at the Giants, and this is the real question here, um, I think the Giants are in real big trouble even after one week, and it's not overreaction. The coach made, like, I think they have nine or ten, maybe even 12 captains. Here's something that was very telling about that game. There were three shots that Daniel Jones took, and they were pretty much legitimate. Maybe one of them was out of line. The Giants never fought back. No one came to his aid. And the guy with the commanders got hit once, and the Redskins nearly, excuse me, the commanders nearly cleared the benches to defend him. I can't help but go back to the day when um, the Giants quarterback got that huge contract. Most of the people on sports radio, they were kind of in disbelief. And I think that if they're looking at him as the leader of the Giants, that sheds a light on the leadership of the Giants. That team has zero leadership. Let me know what you think. All right, Dave, thanks for the phone call. I will say this. I understand how disappointed Giant fans are after that. I mean, Gordon, that was that was as bad a, a, as bad a performance as you've seen in the NFL in a long time. But I'm not ready to say that the Giant culture is not great. I'm not ready to make that I mean, after one game, I mean, this is a I mean, look what they did last year. They were able he came in and changed, the culture before wasn't great. And he flipped it totally from Joe Judd. So, I get it. It's I understand, and listen, I understand the overreaction here because of how dominant the performance was from Dallas. But I'm not ready to say that the Giants' culture is is uh, is messed up. Uh, are they in trouble now? Whether they believe in their quarterback, listen, Gordon. Until I see some Tyrod Taylor T-shirts, I think I think uh, I think uh, you know uh, Daniel Jones is okay. <laughs> it's not a culture question; it's a talent question. Yeah, right. Yep. I mean, like last year was amazing, and one of the reasons why it was amazing was because Brian Dable was largely able to get all this improvement out of pieces that were already here before he and Joe Shane got here. That was the main part of why it was so amazing. Not just that they made the playoffs and won a playoff game, but they were able to turn it around in such an amazing fashion. But what you see is when the Giants go up against teams that are okay, they can hang. But when they go up against the really talented teams – two of which are in their division in the Cowboys and Eagles, they get smoked. They don't measure up, and that's not really that surprising. Joe Shane has been on the job for a little over a year. Joe Douglas has been on the job for four years. He's had a lot of picks. He's had a lot of time to turn this around. So to me, it's not a culture question as much as it is a talent question. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. This is We talk about adversity, right, Gordon? This is adversity for this Giants team. How will they respond? They'll tell you a lot about the team. That'll tell you a lot about the team, tell you a lot about the culture. Yeah, you can compensate for talent possibly with, with how you run things or, or do different schemes and stuff like that. I'll say this. Gordon, if they don't beat Arizona, then I might oh, be willing to then, then yeah. I gotta Season's reevaluate. Over. I gotta yeah. reevaluate. Yeah. Season's <laughs> over. If they don't beat Arizona, that is a must we were talking about must win games in week one. That is a must win game. Yeah. You know. And you would like to be, listen, you would like to be dominant. You'll take the win. I'm just don't misunderstand. I would just take a win, right? Let's let's get our you know, let's get our footing. Let's you know. get things settled. Let's settle things down. 
It's like the other team went on a 20-0 run in the middle of the game. Let's just get somebody in there to just calm mm-hmm. this down. Let's get yep. to halftime, and, and we'll figure things out from there. But yeah. um, we spent a large portion of this offseason kind of wondering where the Giants were. Was last year now an establishment of this is the foundation and this is what you can expect, or was last year kind of a fortunate year? A mm-hmm. lot of things went right with an easy schedule and some great wins. And I think through one game, and we do overreact to one game a lot, mm-hmm. so all we have to go on so far, at least one game, I think you got your answer. Yeah, it's going to be – it looks like um, not going to be a, an easy divisional season for the Giants again this year. No. That's what it looks like. That does not Unfortunately. That no. Unfortunately. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. What's going on in the future for the Jets at quarterback? To answer that question, as best he can, Rich Samini joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. Rich, Larry Hardesty, Gordon Damer, how are you? Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, Rich. All right. Whenever we talk, Rich, you talk about how long you've been covering the Jets, 35 years, and the things you've seen. All right, Rich, <laughs> where does last night stack up? <laughs> well, someone asked me after the game, uh, you know, have you ever seen anything like this before? And I'm like, actually, yes. <laughs> yeah. I was there I was, I was there in 1999 when Testa went down uh, in the second quarter with his Achilles against uh, New England in the uh, opener, and it was uh, eerily similar to that. The Jets ended up losing that game. This time they win. So, you know, Vinny was in the house last night, the honorary captain on 9-11, and he was watching from Woody Johnson's box, and I texted him after after Rodgers went down, and, you know, he said, yeah, bringing back some bad memories. And so, yeah, I'm sure it brought, brought back a lot of bad memories for some Jet fans. Uh, what was your immediate reaction, Rich? Because, I mean, I feel like you've seen it all, clearly, but uh, even that had to shock you. Yeah, I mean, I actually didn't get a great view. As you guys know, the press box there isn't that great from the vantage point, so I didn't get a great view of it. Uh, it didn't seem like that hard a hit. I mean, some hits you know when a guy gets, like, uh, Wilson took a, a big hit later in the game that you, as soon as you see that, you're wondering whether he's going to get up from. That one was not one of them with Rodgers, but it was just in such a way, you know, and he had that left foot planted into the ground, and I guess it just put so much pressure on his left Achilles and calf that, you, I mean, the, you saw the awful slow-motion video of his calf just sort of rupturing there, which is just an awful, awful sight to see, and uh, he knew it right away. I mean, they, the doctors know this stuff. Aaron knew it right away, and... um one of the players, Elijah Vera Tucker, said they went down to try to, you know, help him up. And Rogers told him right there on the field, uh, I'm not getting up. <laughs> mm. So that's, that, that's the words you do not want to hear from your starting quarterback. Rich, uh, after the game, yes, they win. But what was the emotional toll on those players? You know, it was a really uh, interesting locker room uh, because, you know, you first walk in. And it had all the sights and sounds of a winning locker room. I mean, the Jets won an incredible football game last night. I mean, that that's one of the best wins they've had in years. And just the way it ended, you know, some of the big plays, the interceptions by Whitehead, the run by Hall, and Garrett Wilson's unbelievable catch. And, you know, you walk in and you're thinking, oh, you know, this is 
pretty normal after a win, but then you get to the lockers, the individual lockers, and you're talking to players, you know, Lake and Tomlinson wiping away tears from his eyes, you know, saying this is the part you hate about football. And then he actually put on his sunglasses, I think, to try to cover up his, you know, his eyes. And and then Dwayne Brown, you know, who felt awful, I, I don't blame him at all, but, he, you know, his guy got the sack on Rodgers. He was barely speaking above a whisper, and, he, you know, his, it was gut-wrenching for him. He felt terrible. And so uh, a lot of the different emotions in that locker room. It was a really, really interesting post-game locker room. Rich, uh, the Jets have made it clear that Zach Wilson, they're rolling with Zach Wilson. Uh, they've been adamant about that really since last night. Uh, you hear a lot of things in training camp about this guy. Oh, he's turned the corner. Is this a case of this is their best option, or have these things that they've been saying, are, are, are these things really true that they feel like he's turned a corner? Well, a little bit of both, uh, Gordon. I mean, he is their only option at this point. I mean, they're not going to play Tim Boyle, who will be promoted to the roster tomorrow, and they're going to go out and get a veteran quarterback, but it's not going to be a starting caliber quarterback at this point. But has he turned the corner? I don't, I don't personally, I don't think so. Has he made strides? Yeah, I saw some strides in training camp. He seemed to be seeing the field better, maybe getting through his progressions better, being a little more patient, um, you know, maybe showing a little more leadership. Uh, you know, he's watching, but it's different. When you're the number two, no one's focusing on you. I mean, everyone's focusing on Aaron Rodgers, you know? So, I mean, no one's really paying attention to Zach Wilson. And I think that was good for him because after last season's debacle, I think he needed a chance to decompress a little bit. And I, I, I see a more humble quarterback, um, you know, and I just think the weight of the world was off his shoulders, but guess what? It's back on now, you know? So how is he going to respond? Did he learn anything from last year? We'll find out. Gordon, uh, Gordon Damon, Larry Hardesty. It's ESPN New York tonight chatting with Rich Samini. Rich, what are the challenges for Nathaniel Hackett now to try to pair this? I know he knows the offense, but a lot of these things were really for Aaron Rodgers. How does he now have to make some adjustments and make this offense more Zach Wilson friendly? Yeah, yeah, exactly what it was. It was Aaron Rodgers' offense. And it was a really uh, complicated offense that he could run at a graduate level. Now you're going to have to pare it back down to like freshman, freshman football. And this is his first year in the system. Uh, a lot of the stuff, you know, Rogers was a master of checks at the line. You saw it in the preseason, getting out of plays and into better plays. And in training camp, you saw that. You saw it on hard knocks, you know, when he was mic'd up, you know, some funny sequences there with the Bucks and the joint practice. But, uh, you know, it's different with not only is Roger, I mean, not only is Wilson, you know, a very relatively inexperienced quarterback, period, but he's very inexperienced in this offensive system. So they're going to have to pare it back. They're going to have to focus on what he does best. I talked to some scouts today around the league. They think, you know, if they use more of a moving pocket, it'll be, take advantage of some of his athleticism. Also, you get half-field reads, which makes it easier. So I think you'll see a lot of boots and, and rollouts, that sort of thing, uh, get him away from the pass rush. He's not a good pocket passer. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you saw the interception last night was 
even I think Troy Aikman listening to the telecast, I think he was horrified by the interception. I mean, it was just no excuse <laughs> for throwing it right, right to Matt Milano over the middle. So Wilson's not a good pocket passer. He's not really good at anything. Like even when you move him outside the pocket, his numbers aren't great. If you look at all the analytics, but they got to try to run the ball. I mean, if Brees Hall can, you know, be that guy every game, uh, that will be huge because last year the offense changed in a bad way when Brees Hall got hurt. So now you have Brees Hall in there. You got Elijah Vera Tucker. So he's in a better situation now than he was last year. Rich, you'd be the per- person to ask this about. Uh, the 99 team, 98, what, they win 12, 13 games, 99, I think they won 8 and 8. Compare, taking the quarterback out of it, in terms of talent, how much does this team measure up to that team? Well, you had some Hall of Famers on that team. You had Curtis Martin, you had Kevin Mawai, uh, you had the next level of players like Keyshawn Johnson and Wayne Corbett. It was a really, really good team. Uh, veteran offensive line, real good defense. You have leaders like Brian Cox on that defense. You know, you had a great coach. You had a great coaching staff with, uh, you know, Belichick and Parcells and down on down the, down the line. So uh, that would be an interesting comparison. I know, I know the mood going into that 99 season was one of it's our time. Mm-hmm. Elway retired in Denver. So it's our time now. Uh, they came so close the year before. Vinny was just at the pinnacle of his playing career, and um, everyone felt that going into that year that it was going to be the last hurrah because I think everyone knew that Belichick was going to leave after that year. That that, that Parcells things were you just saw the handwriting on the wall that things were this was going to be the last hurrah, and it came crashing down really early in that first game, and so. I do see a lot of similarities between then and now. Not that Rich? the Jets are changing coaches or that, you know, like <laughs> solid. Not, not in that sense. I just meant like the, uh, the lineups and the circumstances were similar. I got you. All right, so Rich, looks like uh, the defense has got the pressure back again that they had last year, right? The identity of this team is their defense. They were very good last night, and for the Jets to have a chance going forward, they have to remain – injury-free and being very good as well. Defense was spectacular last night. I mean, you saw uh, Jordan Whitehead. I tweeted out a stat. Like, last year he played 1,100 snaps and only had two interceptions. Last night he played, I think it was about 60 snaps, and he had three. <laughs> so, a career high. for He never had three in a year before. So, uh, I mean, he got his career high in, in one game. So, spectacular game for him. I thought Quincy Williams was outstanding as well. The, you know, the front four, uh, I think it was five sacks. They had good pressure. Uh, so it, it was a really good defensive game. And so, yeah, that's what it's going to take this year. I mean, no one is ever going to be the 85 Bears again because football has just changed too much since then. But they're going to have to be uh, one of the elite defenses in this league on a week-to-week basis for the Jets to be in this game, in these games, because I don't see them scoring a lot of points with Zach Wilson at quarterback. I think he'll be managed very closely. Game manager, you, you can use that term. I mentioned that term to Rogers last week in, a, in one of our little press conferences, and he kind of looked at me like, you know, uh, like, hey, dude, I'm not a game manager, but 
but I, it was in reference to how he manages the game in terms of knowing you have a really good defense. And I used the word game and manager in the same sentence, and he kind of looked at me like, you know, what are you, nuts? But uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I think I've got 475 career touchdown patches. I wasn't implying that he was a game manager. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this defense is going to have to be on point every week of the season. Rich, it seemed like coming into this year, even though maybe nobody with the team would say that there was kind of a playoff mandate, what do you think now this means for Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, in terms of job security? Uh, it's way too early to say that. I, I mean, playoff – I mean, yeah. I mean, Woody Johnson is all in on this year. I mean, he's got the highest cash payroll in the league. Um, you know, they go on out and they gave up a lot – number you know a couple of number twos for Aaron Rodgers we know now that the Jets are you know retaining their number one pick for next year which I guess is the the silver lining in this whole thing but they'll have to send a second rounder to Green Bay next year so they gave up a lot they're paying a lot Um, but I mean you got to be realistic here the expectation changes um, with Zach Wilson now at quarterback Um, if, if they miss the playoffs with Zach, I mean, you just have to – it's like a sliding scale now. I mean, you have to take that into account. But, you know, owners, who knows? There's a, there's a ton of football to go, and things will be changing on a weekly basis. And who knows what's going to happen. Hey, this might be – Bill Harcells, when they went 8-8 eight and eight in, in, 90, in 99 after Vinny got hurt, I mean, he called it one of the best coaching jobs of his career, even though they needed to make the playoffs. So – if the Jets go eight and nine or nine and eight, I think that would be a fantastic coaching job for Robert Sala. So, uh, so everything is relative at this point. Ritz, I'm, I'm curious of the quarterbacks that are available. Who are the top two or three that that stick out to you that you figure the Jets will reach out to and will have a good shot on bringing in? Well, I think they're mostly looking at free agents right now. Uh, to me, the most attractive guy is probably Colt McCoy, just because he was in a trading camp. He got cut very recently by Arizona. I'm not saying he's the answer or anything like I don't think they're looking for that kind of guy right now. I think they're going to go with Zach Wilson, just like they've been saying. The trading deadline is not till the end of October. They have plenty of time to sit back, assess Wilson, see where the team is at, and if they're six and six and they're hanging around but Wilson's just not getting any better and it looks like last year with Wilson then yeah then I could see them trying to make a bold trade to try to salvage the season I think Joe Douglas would owe it to the rest of the roster to try to do something like that because clearly this is a win now roster I think he dropped the ball in terms of they should have had another veteran quarterback on the roster knowing where Wilson was at last year a Teddy Bridgewater type, you know, so, um, so yeah, that'll be really interesting to watch, but I, the guy they pick up now, I think will be, you know, I know Joe Flacco, I know Jeff Andrews is going to like recoil or laugh either one or the other, but he's in, he wants to play. He's interested. He would love to go back to the jets from what I've been told. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I don't think they're going to, I mean, it's not going to be Tom Brady. They haven't reached out to Brady. Um, so I think it's just going to be kind of a, a second or third level guy now who could come in and, and supply some insurance as they wait to see if Zach Wilson can do it. But I think Larry, you might, have, I was listening earlier in the car or Gordon, maybe you said it. Zach Wilson 
is injury prone too. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, he hasn't made it through an entire year. So, you know, you know, you hope it doesn't happen, but history suggests that, you know, he could get banged up as well. Last one, Rich, and thanks for coming on. Uh, what is that conversation going to be like with the uh, offensive line coaching coaches getting ready for this Dallas Cowboys defense that we saw dismantle the Giants offensive line on Sunday? Well, if I were their offensive line coach, Keith Hart, Carter, I think I would uh, take the uh, cut blocks out of the playbook for this <laughs> Yeah, week. that's for sure. Uh, yeah, so that's a – I talked to some offensive line people around the league today, and the Jets are one of the few teams that you still use the cut block. And obviously it happened on the play that Rodgers got hurt, Dwayne Brown. You know, he, he did what he was supposed to. I don't blame him. On the first play of the game, you saw Becton and Brown try to cut their guys. I don't think the players love that. In fact, like league-wide players don't love that offensive line, and that's why fewer and fewer teams are using it. They just don't like to dive at guys and throw their bodies on the ground. And I don't think the Jets linemen like it either, but it's Keith Carter's technique. It's what he teaches. And so uh, it obviously did not work. Now, Rodgers was supposed to get rid of that ball. I don't know why he held the ball. It's supposed to be a three-step drop. Ball's supposed to come out. I think he might have been looking for Ozama over the middle, but he was covered. Garrett Wilson was open on a slant route. He had an alley right to Garrett Wilson, but he held the ball. I don't know why. Um, and he, it, it was a fateful decision by Rodgers to hold the ball. And so the offensive – I mean, yeah. I mean, they're going to have to probably use some six-man protections – against Dallas because that Dallas pass rush is real with Micah Parsons. Rich, as I said, thanks for a couple of minutes chatting with us, and uh, we'll see what's going on on the flight deck as we get ready for Dallas. Thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Thank you, Rich. All right. And by the way, Gordon, we should let the audience know that Rich will be joining us every Wednesday night at 930 uh, until we start fooling around with times when the Knicks and Rangers and mm -hmm. Islanders start coming, we'll move him around. But he will join us every Wednesday night here on ESPN New York tonight to give us an idea what the, what's going on in that Jet locker room. And Wednesdays are a good day, Gordon, because the quarterbacks speak. So we hear the visiting quarterback, whoever and, that person may be. Yeah, and the visiting quarterback too. So we'll hear, you know, we'll hear what they have to say as well. When we return, we'll take your phone calls. 1-800-919-3776. Your thoughts on the Jets. Giant fans, how are you feeling? What is your thought process as you get your team ready to go to Arizona in a shocking must-win situation? Gordon and I will take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. The guy in the back of my mind that I think is very realistic was Matt Stafford because I, I didn't think the Rams were going to be good. I'm shocked that they went into Seattle and beat Seattle. So that's the call I would make to say, hey, first-round pick and a good young player. I would go try to get Matt Stafford because I think he gives you the best chance realistically go compete this year. That's our GM, Mike Tannenbaum, on with DPA Turn Rothenberg this morning here on 98.7 ESPN for options to move on from Zach Wilson. So, Mike, I guess you feel that Zach is not the guy, huh? No, and here's why. I've been in a situation before where I missed on a high draft choice. There's a psychological component, Dave, 
to the locker room, what they're thinking, every one of them is saying, here we go again. That's why he went out and got Aaron Rodgers. And he threw a pick last night. In fairness, you know, he threw a touchdown pass that candidly like was an insane catch by Garrett Wilson. So you just can't a year from now, maybe because he sat for a year and all. But the problem is, I think the team, they say the right things, but in the back of their mind, the first time he gives up a strip sack, causes him a game, it's going to take the air out of the whole program. And they're going to look at the head coach and the GM and say, really? Here we go again. You're going to stick to a draft choice instead of doing what's best. All right. Well, Gordon, um, there's members of this team that have been down this road before. (laughs) Larry, the the part of this I don't understand at all is this loyalty to Zach Wilson and and being adamant. Well, we're not going to bring anybody to compete with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's are what? We've been down this road. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know how realistic it is to go and make a trade for a starting quarterback right now. It's probably not very realistic, but you got to run down all the names mm-hmm. and, and take a shot. And, and one thing that Rich said there that really kind of floored me, I get he's not going to say yes. Right. But you have to go ask Tom Brady. Yeah. He was playing last year. He was excellent last year. He, he, I get it. He is going to tell you no. But mm-hmm. much like with the Mets and David Stearns, the first person on the list is Theo Epstein. Yeah. That's the first per- And when he tells you no, okay, fine. Then I go down the list. This, mm-hmm. this loyalty that the Jets are sticking with Zach Wilson, I guess now they figure with the, the injury to Rodgers, the pressure is off and it doesn't really matter. That's the only thing I can go with because he's not good. We saw that last. It's not even like he did it for a different team and wasn't good. He yeah. wasn't good here. With these players. Yep, you're right. He wasn't. And, uh, you know, listen, he had some great plays. He had a couple of really good plays last night. You give him credit for those. But remember, and this is not to, you know, put, put any diminish, diminish on what he did. Now teams are going to be preparing for Zach Wilson. Of course. They weren't preparing for Zach Wilson last night. They were preparing for Aaron Rodgers. All right? Well, and, you know, that that's... He won't enjoy that for the rest of the season. It's all about Zach Wilson. And if Josh Allen had had his brain working properly and realizing, hey, just don't lose the game for us, we will win this. If if the Jets had to win that game because of Zach Wilson, it would have been impossible to do so. Mm -hmm. They're not looking to win the game with Zach Wilson. We know that. And even Rich, maybe he's turned the corner. I I haven't seen him turn the corner. Like, nobody's around the team more than Rich is. Mm-hmm. He hasn't turned any corner. You're just, it's like going to the fridge, realizing the milk is sour, and now you don't have any other milk, so let's just use this milk. Maybe tomorrow yeah. it's going to be fresh. It's, exactly. it's, it's mind-boggling to me that they would not be looking for any improvement whatsoever, and this loyalty to Zach Wilson because he's here. I get he's here, but you ha- there has to be better options than this, and you should be trying to get one of them right now. Well, I think that they are still looking for somebody else. Okay, they they are saying the right things now. Okay, we, we, this is our guy. He's here, whatnot. But Gordon, here's the bottom line: they understand that they have to have somebody in case he messes up. This roster, from a defensive standpoint and offensively, is too good for you to say, "Okay, we're just going to throw course, the season away and just right, give it to absolutely. Zach Wilson." Absolutely. So they're clearly looking for somebody else, and they're just trying to, you know, I'm sure they're doing their due diligence because I'm. I hear what Rich is saying. But I'm telling you, Gordon, I'm just not sure if this team, if this defense and this team has, let's say they 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 finish 
what? Uh, they have five or six wins. Gordon, I don't care. They're changing the coaching staff. But, and it's not even fair because this I is know. not on the coach. This is far more on the GM. Absolutely. And, and they should have been better prepared for this. It was almost like, well, Zach's a high pick. We're not going to get anything for him. So we're just going to keep him here because we got Aaron Rodgers and we're not going to need him anyway. Right. Uh, this idea of loyalty to somebody who has just not worked out for, for whatever reason. And two names, if I were a Jet fan and they go out and sign a backup, if it's either of these two names, I would absolutely hit the roof. Joe Flacco cannot be that guy. No, 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 no. It's it not cannot. I don't care how nice a guy. He's, I don't care. It cannot no, no. be Joe can't Flacco. Play. And can't it can't anymore. be Carson Wentz. Those yeah. two guys cannot. They, they should be setting their sights higher than that. Absolutely. Because they have to look at – because here's the other thing, Gordon. They need to have a backup quarterback because I don't know that Rodgers is coming back next year. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm sure he's going to try. I, I'm sure I, I know try. That, that Mike Tynabaum said that he doesn't think – he thinks that Rodgers has played his last game. I would be very surprised if that last night was Aaron Rodgers' last game. And I get it's a grueling rehab, and I get he's 40 years old. I think he's coming back next year. Mm-hmm. And he will at least give it a go. And, and how it works at that point, who knows? But right. next year, who knows who's coming back next year? <laughs> There's yeah. a lot to be decided before we get yeah. to next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think you have to make your pick in the vacuum to say, you know what? Well, just in case, because Gordon, I'll tell you this. If, if it's not a good season, I tell you who will not be back next year. And that's going to be Zach Wilson. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would think not. Although, who knows? <laughs> I no, mean, I, I didn't think, so. think he was going to be back this year. <laughs> well, you know, year three, he's under contract. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I, you know, I figure, you know, yeah, I get it. But year four, you know, going close to five? No, 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 no. I don't see it. I don't see it. 1 800 919 3776. Lewis and Clark. Lou, you're next on 98.7. Larry Gordon, what's up, boys? How are you? Hey, Lou. Uh, Larry, I think you just said it. Um, this this is a four to five win team now. Um, if if you look at the schedule, you look at the division. Um, they split with the Bills last year. They split with the Dolphins last year. However, Tua stays healthy. They're losing both. They haven't beat the Patriots in the last seven eight years. Um, the, the Patriots were pick six away from beating the Eagles. You know, everybody was down on them, and they seem like they haven't figured out game one. I mean, Mac Jones is throwing for 300-plus yards and three touchdowns. Um, you know, the Browns they beat last year. The Browns look good. This is um, this is going to be a bad, bad, bad year, especially with Zach Wilson. I mean, the only saving grace, I believe Aaron Rodgers will return, um, kind of like when uh, Mariano Rivera blew out his knee, shagging fly balls. I mean, the, the, the greats of all time never want to go out that way. I don't think mm-hmm. Rodgers is going to want to go out that way. So, you know, you have that pick. I mean, What's a what's a four or five win team yield? You know, a top five pick. Now all of a sudden you're sitting on a top five pick, and let's say Rodgers, you know, can rehab and come back next year because I don't believe that he's going to go out this way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have to turn it to 2024 now. I mean, I, I don't see any other way. I hear That's you, Lou. Thoughts. Thanks for the phone call. I didn't say they were a five win team. I said, I was giving you an example. I don't. They are I not a five win team. Five win team. Yeah, they won seven games last year. Yeah, they're better than the five-win team. I know the schedule's more difficult, but they're better than the five-win team. Uh, 